3. Be careful what you say you don't want, Sister Megan. <laughs> Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the ninth hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately, somebody say immediately. immediately. Somebody say immediately. Immediately. immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple Walking and leaping, leaping, praising God. Jesus, Lord, your word is so very precious to us. I thank you for the Holy Ghost that we feel in this place tonight. I pray that you would anoint us to speak your word, that faith would ignite in our hearts. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. amen. You may be seated. I picture this young man, the scripture here says he was lame, born with the ability that he could not walk. Notice how I said that. He had the ability that he could not walk. And his family would carry him every day since they considered him to be a liability. They were going to use him to help the family finances. Now he was not the only one sitting or laying there at the temple gate. This was a promising area, sort of like a turf. This was an area that you had to maintain every day. If you did not, you lost your place at the gate beautiful. There were many people on this stairway that had a cup or whatever a vessel in their hand, they were begging alms. If you've ever been in a place where there are many who have disabilities, who have an, uh, the deficiency and cannot walk or have some other uh, physical deformity, you will find that they seem to congregate together and there will be many, not just one. And here is this man that has been laid daily. This is his place. He doesn't miss a day. He doesn't take a vacation. He doesn't allow someone else to take his spot. He has a premium spot. Perhaps it took him a long time 
to get that particular spot. Maybe his family actually had to pay some money to get that spot. That was a prime spot to be right at the gate, beautiful, so that you could beg from those who were going in to worship. And perhaps you could work on their heart and they would be more generous with you as they dug into their pocketbook to give you something. Every day, a young man that never knew the opportunity to play, to run, to leap, to jump, something perhaps he had wanted to do for a long time, he dreamed about getting in trees and climbing. How many's ever climbed a tree when you were a boy or girl? I, I like to climb trees. I like to get elevated to see what was going on around me. And, and I always dreamed about being a bird. I just wonder if I could fly, amen? I never did jump out of the tree, though, thank the Lord. I, I, I knew that there was a certain law. It's called gravity. If you let go of it, it will push you back to the ground. Uh, but there's something that I'm looking forward to just as a side note. When Jesus comes back that we are going to be caught away. And I'm going to take a plane air ride. I'm not going to take an airplane ride. I'm going to take a plane air ride. Meaning uh, this Lord that I've got my heart is going to take me out of here. Uh, and he's going to catch me away. Uh, and I'm going to meet him in the air. Amen. Somebody shout Amen. This young man had never known this. Now, he was not in the prime of his life as a child or a youth or a teenager. He was now in a position where he was entering a more mature stage of his life. But he's laying there begging and uh, he sees two men Two men who look, who are likely subjects. He doesn't know anything really about uh, uh, the men of God. He doesn't know their names. He doesn't know what's going on. Perhaps he's heard something, but he is consumed with making a little bit of money every day so he can support his family. You see, sometimes we get in tunnel vision and all we can see is ourselves and our circumstances and our situation and what's going on in our little world and we can't see anything that's beyond us. And perhaps that's what this man was. If you've got tunnel vision, I urge you tonight to broaden your scope and see what God is doing in Oak Park Pentecostals. See what God is doing in the city of Richmond, in Wayne County, and in the state of Indiana and the state of Ohio we are in a revival revival is not coming harvest is not coming it is here right now we need to shout with our voices and lift up our voices like a trumpet and shout hallelujah there has to be an agreement with us we heard a very wonderful message this morning from brother Ham talking about disobedience and everybody's been disobedient. We heard Sister Megan testify about her disobedience and how she came back to God because of her obedience. You can either fight God or surrender to God. You can either say, God, I'm going to do it my way or God say, I say, God, I want to do it your way. You can say it like Jesus said, not my will, but what you want, God. I want what you want, Lord. I want your ways, not my ways. Your paths are better than my paths. Any way that I can think as far as inferior to what you can thank God. And Peter fastening his eyes on him. Now I'm talking to you. We need to get bold. Now I had you repeat the word immediately because we believe that God can heal. 
came up here and I asked Sister Johnson, I said, how is your leg? I prayed for it this morning and she said, it's better. And we believe in things that get better. We believe in things uh, that are healing. But I'm believing God that, that he will raise our faith uh, to a position and to a level. Everybody look at me. We will uh, raise our faith to a position and a level where we see things immediately. Uh, not just get gradually better. Uh, and I'm for that. I'm not against it. Uh, but God works a miracle immediately in our life. Uh, God performs the miraculous. Uh, that's what I I'm looking for. I see it in the book of Acts. I see it in the apostles' lives. I believe that God wants to do it in our lives here in the 21st century. I want to see God do things immediately. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, two that the beginning revival that there were 3,000 that were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 3,000 came and were filled. And then you find out after this revival here, as Peter reaches out to grab this man's hand, he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Now if you look in that 10th chapter of the book of Matthew, you see that Jesus gave, yes, he gave his disciples the power to heal. And they were sent out to heal the sick to raise the dead, to open the blinded eyes, all before they had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God feels so strongly. He wants people to be healed and delivered and set free. Somebody shout hallelujah. But we find something happened in the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew. They doubted in their heart who he was. Jesus even said in this same chapter, he said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. Even his disciples, somebody said to me, I wouldn't be like his disciples if I was there like Jesus. And I said, oh, yes, you were. You would because you've rebelled against me. You've rebelled against other preachers. You would rebel against the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we all need to have obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the power left them. Something happened. And then we see from chapter 14 through chapter 17, Jesus does five major miracles. He's trying to restart the infancy of belief in their life. I've said it like this. When you first came to God, you were walking on cloud nine. Everything was wonderful. God was doing marvelous things in your life. And then all of a sudden you get cold. You get distant from God. And you allow the carnal world to creep up in your life. I didn't say you stopped going to church. I said you allowed the carnal world and you think you could and come to church and sing songs and clap your hands and live carnal like the devil and that's what happened to the disciples they thought well we got this power we can use it any way we want and it left them and so you may have passed this verse of scripture over but Jesus 
here he tried to give his disciples an understanding of growing faith. You know, the first time that Moses went on the mountain, the Bible says that God gave him the stones. He gave them the tablets. And Moses got all puffed up and he got angry. He got all proud and he threw the stones down. He get, became so angry at the nation of Israel. The second time he went on the mountain, God said, okay, Moses, you bring your chisel and you bring your hammer because now you're going to carve out the stones for yourself. If you leave God, and you go back out into the world it's going to take a little work when you come back amen amen well some of you didn't like that but that's the truth anyhow Amen. You're going to have to work and you're going to have to say, okay, God, I'm starting over. You see, that's where Peter is. Peter denied the Lord. Peter forsook him. And now Peter has prayed through and he's got the Holy Ghost. But God is saying to him, okay, Peter, I'm really going to see what you got this time. But now he walks by this man who's sitting at the gate called Beautiful. And he says, silver and gold have I none. I don't have any money to give you, but such as I have. I'm not sure sure I've got it now. I'm not sure I've got the power to heal that Jesus first gave me, but I'm going to try it out because there's been a transformation in my life. You're going to have to have a transformation. You're going to have to have a change in your life. You're going to have to walk right. You're going to have to live for God. You heard what Sister Megan said. You're going to have to stop talking the way you're talking. You're going to have to stop living the way you're living. Come on. You can shout now. You shouted when the worship was going on. Don't sit there like a knot on a pickle and look at me now I saw you jumping around and wave your hands in the air and you're sitting on your hands now come on you need to get on fire for the Holy Ghost is in your soul I'm preaching the word of God I'm preaching that you better get on fire God wants to use you to heal the sick he wants you to use you to raise the dead he wants to use you to open the blinded eyes You say, Pastor, I don't believe in healing much. I'm struggling with it because somebody precious to me died. I understand that. I'm not here to criticize. I'm not here to cast stones or aspersions on anyone. I do know what the Bible says. And the Bible says that he is a healer. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. He does not change. If anyone has changed, it's been me. If anyone has changed, it's been you. You know you used to pray when you first came to God. You know you used to get close to God. You woke up every morning and you said, oh God, it's wonderful. How long has it been since you got up the, in the morning and said, oh Jesus, it's just wonderful to be here with you. I woke up early so I could spend a little time with you. I woke up early so I could speak with you in that heavenly language that you filled me with your spirit. You, I speak with other tongues as the spirit of God gives utterance. And I'm not speaking to my wife or to my children or to any of you in this room. I, when I'm praying in the morning, I'm praying to God. I'm allowing the Holy Holy Ghost to flow in my life. I say, spring up in me, oh well. And spring up in me, oh well. 
I found out if I'm not careful, that well of my life can get clogged up with all kinds of rubbish. I walked by a farm one time, and there was. They told me it was the well that was a very, very fruitful and prosperous well, meaning it produced a lot of water. And even when there was drought, it didn't go down. It was an artesian well. And I walked over there, but something had happened in between the time that the end of last people lived there and to the time I walked over. You see, there had been a period of time that had passed. And oh, there was old tires down in there. I looked down there and I saw a dead dog down in there. I saw all kind, an old mattress. Somebody had thrown a mattress down. There's all kinds of rubbish in the well. And a well that used to be prosperous. A well that used to flow, flow free and clean and pure. And you could take water right out of that well. I wouldn't drink anything out of that well. Because, why? Because it was putrid. It was nasty. What do you think that God sees when he sees in your heart. What do you think he looks at when he looks at your heart? Does he find something pure? Is it something that he can wake up in the morning with you and say, oh, I want to commune with you. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers. Somebody say rivers. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers. Have you had the river of the living water flowing out of your life? Has the Holy Ghost been flowing? I told Sister Mary the same way you're talking in tongues here. Talking tongues when you get home talk in tongues when you get up in the morning talk in tongues when you go to bed at night allow the Holy Ghost to get a hold of your life somebody shout hallelujah silver and gold but such as I have I'm not sure what I got now because I've allowed the world how many has ever allowed the world to take their joy? Come on, I had a few. I'd like some honest people. Have you got any honest people in the house? You've allowed the world to take your joy. Somebody gave you a bad report and it sent your, the joy, your meter plummeting. It's down there in the depths now. Yeah, it's hard to get it up. You can't say, well, uh, someone tells you God is good. Yeah, I know he is. He was yesterday, I guess. I think maybe kind of. You know, God is good all the time. And I don't know. I don't know. The scripture doesn't elaborate and tell us what Peter and John had gone through before this. It just says they were on their way to pray. You want immediate miracles? You need to pray. Don't use God as a fire escape when something happens in your life. Oh, I need to fast and pray because, uh, and I'm not saying that God won't work a miracle in your life, uh, but don't use God that way. Why don't you be on fire and, and allow the Spirit of God to flow in your heart, heart all the time and then He will use you at a moment to, that you never even considered that He would use you. I know that Peter and John, perhaps they had in their mind a, a prayer list. Perhaps they were going to pray for somebody that they wanted to see filled with the Holy Ghost. Perhaps they were praying for someone that, at Bethlehem or, or another city and, and they, they had heard news about them but yet as they were going in to pray there was a spirit of prayer upon them have you ever gone to pray and there was a spirit of prayer that it was upon you yes. let me say that again have you ever gone to pray and there was a spirit of prayer upon you and you were as David said I was glad the time came that I could go pray you know, when the, you know you're going to get in the presence of God. 
and the power comes and the anointing comes in your life, you know, there is going to be that flowing that happens in your soul. Here, Peter looks at this man, stopped and looked at him. The Bible says this unnamed individual fastened his eyes on him expecting to receive something of them. This is going to be a big payday today. Man, oh man, I even got somebody to stop. Normally they don't even stop. They just toss a couple of coins my way and allow me to scrounge around to get it. But this guy is stopping to talk to me. And he thought... It's going to be a big offering. Perhaps God has been working on his heart and he's really going to give me something big. Oh, mama's going to be happy when I come home today. He expected to receive. Did you expect to receive anything tonight when you came here? Or did you already get it? Is all you expected to receive was a little whoop and a little raising of your hand, a little running around the church, and you've already got it, and you're ready to go home. I hope not. I hope you're ready to hear the word of the Lord and be inspired to have faith rise up in your heart. What I have. And he took him by the right hand. Pulled him up. There was something that took place in two different individuals. It wasn't only in the man that was crippled. Suddenly, Peter said, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. When it came back to your sister Megan, did you say, I got it? And I got it. I got it. I got it. Something happened to me. I got it in Jesus' name. Something happened. You know, when you got it, you got it. Amen. You know, when you've got the Holy Ghost and when you've got the power. And you know when you're playing church and singing all the songs and speaking with the right inflections and running around the church and knowing that you're going to go out of the church and do something for the devil. But when you're on fire for God, hallelujah, God takes over and your life becomes one of victory. Now, he was what I had been if I'd have been in his shoes. The Bible says, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. I want you to know that word immediately. 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 I remember hearing this story, and I've told this story many times. I know my dad has told it many other times, but he was starting a church in Huntington, and uh, he fell off of a ladder, and and uh, not like you, Brother Moore, but four stories. But he, he fell maybe four or five feet and uh, broke his ankle. And uh, his ankle all, all swollen. Which ankle was it, Dad? Do you remember? His right ankle. And uh, he didn't take his boot off or anything. He, he, left, he walked and hobbled home and got his ladder and put it all together and, and went on home. Got home and. The trash needed to be taken out. Well, I was too young to take the trash out. It was just a little boy. And, and uh, so dad, he pulls that trash out there and he's putting it out by the, in the trash can, the old metal cans that everybody had. Now we got those plastic ones. Don't make as much noise. And there was a man who was our neighbor across the alley that separated the property. And he said, oh, Reverend, what happened to you? Dad said, I 
broke my ankle. <laughs> now, when he, I remember when he took that boot off, he had to take the scissors and cut that boot off because it wouldn't. You undid the stitches and took them all, I mean, the, 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 the laces and took them all the way out. It still wouldn't open wide enough, to, so he had to cut that boot because his ankle had swollen up so big. And here he is hobbling around. Got a slipper on one foot, what he can get it so he can go outside. And the man said, what happened to you, Reverend? said, well, Dad said, I, I broke my ankle. He said, you broke your ankle? He said, yep, broke my ankle, fell off a ladder today. He said, aren't you going to the doctor? Now, this is inconceivable to most everybody in here. Yeah, He's 79 going on 80, but they don't make him like him anymore. Amen? Amen. A man of great faith. Seven major miracles that I know of in his life. And he said, you're not going to the doctor. Dad said, no, I'm trusting God to heal it. The man who went to another church in town, he said, I know God can, but. There's that but. Spirit. That billy goat spirit, you know. He said he put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. You do not turn your back on a billy goat. You go ahead if you want to. You might find yourself soaring through the air. That's right. said, what's happened to my world? <laughs> Two men on the platform know exactly what I'm talking about. Brother Ham, who raises sheep and has a ram. And Brother Jesse worked on a farm, and he turned his back. He thought he was okay and sent him sailing. <laughs> thought it broke his tailbone. Is that right, Brother Jesse? <laughs> that bad but spirit. I know God can but... It might not be right. That was his words. I know God can, but it might not be right. You know, anything God does, he does right. My God doesn't do wrong stuff. He doesn't do halfway stuff. He doesn't produce seconds. Amen. God does everything good. The Bible says he created the first day and it was good. The second day it was good. The third day it was good. The fourth day it was good. The fifth day it was good. The sixth day it was good. And the seventh day and he looked at his work and he said, it is good. So anything God does in your life, he has done good. Behold how good. And how pleasant. He does good things. Amen. And dad responded by saying, when God heals. Now notice that. When. I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but when God does heal it, it'll be right. Now how many bones have you broken in your body, dad? A few of them. Fell off a roof once and broke both wrists. Did they give you pain? <laughs> Has that ankle that God miraculously healed ever give you pain? Never given him pain. Amen. Never given him pain. 
He, he didn't go for therapy. I was there. I was sitting on the front row because my mother was playing the piano. And dad said, you sit on the front row and be good. I remember him, he would lean, we were, they just started revival and he put in the, a paper, old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival, healing for the sick, salvation for the soul. Small church, you know what you do in a small church sometimes, you do everything. You're the preacher, you're the song leader, you're the, you're the guy that uh, fixes the toilet when it overflows, you know, and you ride the, drive the bus and... and all that good stuff. So here he is. He's leaning on the pulpit because he's taking the weight off of his right foot because it's broken. I remember him laying in that chair, that white chair. We used to have a recliner and he lay there all night and, and he didn't sleep much that night and went to the revival and didn't sleep much the next night and went to the revival. It was on the third night after he had broken it. You find that unimaginable? No, I'm here to tell you that that's exactly what happened. On the third night after he had fallen off a ladder and it, that, that ankle was black and blue, it was broken as sure as I'm standing here and he... Well, all of a sudden, as he was leaning on the pulpit, worship, leading worship, and my mother was playing the piano. The piano was one of those big old uprights, and she was, the piano was facing the wall, and she had her back to the congregation, and she could watch my dad as he, he gave instructions. You know, we're singing the chorus again, and we're going to sing this verse, and so she's watching, and all of a sudden, Dad started walking, but he didn't realize that he was walking. He had been suddenly and immediately healed. My mother, who was playing the piano, stopped playing the piano and started pointing at my dad. And Dad looked at her and said, what, what are you doing? She's pointing at his ankle. You're, 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 you're healed. And he suddenly realized, I'm healed. And I remember he got up on the altar and he stomped his foot and said, God just healed me. God just healed me. Hallelujah. I want you to know we serve a miracle working God. We're having revival and a revival of the miraculous, a revival of healing, a revival of deliverance. You need to get your soul restored if you don't believe that God can still do the miracle that he did in the book of Acts. You need to believe God. Somebody shout hallelujah. 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 I'm praying right now. We are going to have multitudes of miracles. You know, I don't have to be present when multitudes of miracles are taking place. Amen. I am the pastor here, but I don't have to lay my hand on every person that is healed. The Bible says, and I can read the scripture to you, but you know exactly where it is. In Mark chapter 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. I believe that God wants us to see immediate miracles. I believe he wants us to see people who were born lame, who'd never been able to run and jump. I believe that 
God wants to see that in our lives. He wants us to have it. He wants us to have the miraculous people healed from cancer, stage four cancer, that are in the hospital ready to die and God raises them up. You asked me about Brother Art Wilson. He's uh, started a ministry. You may be seated in the uh, United Nations. I went there. We went there two years ago. Brother Art Wilson, where the seat of power is. Didn't look like much was happening. He was trying to get something started, you know. A woman who was the secretary to the secretary general. Now he has many secretaries, not just one. Might have a personal secretary, but he has many secretaries, has a pool of secretaries. But she was high up in the order of the secretaries to the secretary general of the United Nations in New York City. And her mother, or rather she had stage for cancer ready to die ready to let go just come to the conclusion get everything right in your life because you're going to pass from this life to the next but somehow she heard about brother Art Wilson you need to listen to his testimony she heard about him and brother Art Wilson prayed for her and she was miraculously healed from stage four cancer. I mean where you're so sick that your body is shriveled up and you, you don't almost, you don't look human. Here she is. She's ready to pass. And God performs a miraculous miracle to the secretary who's a secretary to the secretary general of the United Nations, someone who is on the inside of the most powerful group of people in the entire world. I saw her, I met her, I shook her hand. She's a baptized believer in Jesus' name and is filled with the Holy Ghost. And she has ministered to other people who have had cancer and have been healed and delivered. I'm here to tell you tonight that, that I'm not going to acquiesce. I'm not going to lay down. I'm not going to say, well, we'll take a few. We'll take a little here. We'll take whatever healing we get. You know, devil, get out of our lives. Get out of our families. Get out of this church. Get out of our lives forever because we have been filled with the Holy Ghost. We have been baptized in Jesus' name and we are in the midst of a miraculous revival. I'm expecting to hear reports, Sister Megan, that you laid hands on somebody and they were immediately healed. I'm, I'm expecting to hear that. Amen. I'm, I'm expecting to hear reports of our young people. Amen. I'm expecting to hear reports of you, Sister Macy, laying hands on somebody at school who's, who's got a disease or something's wrong with them, and you pray in Jesus' name. I believe that with all of my heart. Amen. 
I believe that those of you that are on the job, Sister Debbie, somebody comes to you, you're the clerk of court in this county, and we give you honor and respect, uh, but God come upon you, uh, and you lay hands on somebody, and they're miraculously healed. Not just anybody laid hands. The clerk of court of this county, that does give some validity to what God is doing. I believe that God wants to do miraculous things through every individual, not just through me, not just through the individuals that are sitting on this platform, not just to those who are heads of department, but to every being, every person, everyone that's filled with the Holy Ghost. God wants to do miraculous things through you. And perhaps you're like Peter. You lost faith. How many has ever let your faith go way down? You didn't know if you're going to get it back again. Come on, you got some honest people in here. Uh, you've been way down. You know what Peter said? I think I'll go be a fisherman again. This preaching thing, you know, it's not all cracked up to what Jesus said. You're right, Sister Megan. Brother Mooney said it's the most difficult way I've ever found out to make a living. <laughs> Peter said, I'm, I know. I, I've been, my grandfather was a fisherman. My great-grandfather was a fisherman. My dad was a fisherman. And that's all I've done all of my life. I, I'm going to go back to fishing because I know I can make a living there. I'm not so sure. I had my hopes up. Uh, and Jesus, I saw him do great things. Uh, and I was up and down and all around. And I boasted and said, uh, Lord, I'll die for you. And I cursed him. I could never... He gave me the keys to the kingdom. I, I can't use those keys. I, I, I can, you know, they, they were right there. They knew me. The Bible says that John was right there. He was related to the high priest family. He saw, he was on the inside. He's the one that got Peter on the inside. Peter was nobody. Peter was a fisherman from Galilee. John was related to the high priest family. He's the one they recognized John. You, that's why you can read through John, the gospel of John, and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. You see all kinds of allusions to the high priest. You see all kinds of illustrations that are written into his writings about sacrifices and worship. He understood it all. Why? Because he was from the high priestly family. And so it was John that got Peter in. And Peter was in an unfamiliar area. You know, he was in a place he had never been before. He was rubbing shoulders. With, he had never been. He was out of his element. Uh, John was familiar. He, was, he knew all the people. People recognized him. Yeah, come on in, John. And John said, yeah, this, this fellow's with me as well. So Peter, he's feeling a little nervous. You know, he's never been in the, the courts of power like this. And this is a big, powerful court. He's in the high priest's house in his courtyard. And he's warming his hands thinking, man, oh, man, what am I doing here? How did I get here? And the little girl, she looked at him and said, you, I listen to your accent. You're not from Judea. You're from Galilee. Are you one of his? You, how'd you get in here? He said, I'm not. No, I'm not. You know the story and how the third time he cursed and swore. He said, I don't know the man. Just a, just a 45 minutes or an hour ago, 
maybe a little longer, he had told the Lord to his face, hey, wherever you go, I'm going. And if you die, I die. I'm going to die before anybody takes you out. And now here a little girl's looking at him and said, you're, you, you have an accent. You sound like you're a Galilean. And the devil is cunning and he is ruthless and he's got him into a place where he is unfamiliar and he denies the Lord. You see, the devil is cunning and he's ruthless and he'll get you into a place where you're unfamiliar and you don't know where you're at and what's going on. And the next thing you know, you've allowed words to come out of your mouth that you said, thought you would never say. Here he is. Lord, I don't know, Lord. Gets up to Galilee, sees Jesus on the shore. Jesus is cooking a little fish. And says, hi, Peter. Peter says, that's, oh, that's the Lord. <laughs> hi, Lord. He says, Peter, do you love me? Oh, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. A little while, he lets a little time go by. He says, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you don't have to ask that question twice. You know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Third time, the Lord said to him, Peter, do you love me? Lord, what, what can I say? You know everything. You know my heart. He said, feed my lambs. You see, the Lord knew where Peter was. The Lord didn't bash and put Peter down and say, and say to him, you forsook me and you said all kinds of rude and, and unkind things about my name to those who were in that courtyard that day. But he said, I'm trying to remind you, Peter. I'm reminding you, Peter. I'm reminding you. And I'm reminding you in here that God gave every one of you a dream to heal the sick, to raise the dead. Hallelujah, he did. He did. And Peter said, I don't know where it's gone. I don't know if I've still got it. I've talked to the Lord and the Lord's talked to me. We had a personal conversation. You know what? You need to have a personal conversation and get everything out of your life, every issue, every unresolved thing out of your life and say, God, I don't want anything to hinder me from working miracles in my life. Life is too short. You know, if you're 40 years old, it's too short. If you're 50, it's too short. If you're 60, it's too short. You, got, you don't have time to waste. You need to get busy and say, God, I want to get everything everything out of my life I looked at a man in a hospital bed and I said you know you it, it's time is short I told him I said you must have the Holy Ghost and he said oh, I know I know I know and I said you know it's not time to hold on to grudges it's not time to hold on to hurts what they did and what you did and what, what all. You know what? It's time to forsake that. It's time to confess it and as the word of God says, forsake it. You don't have time. You're 75 and you're here in a hospital bed and I see you. You don't have time to hold on to grudges. You don't have time in here. It's time we get release those things to God and say, I'm going to confess and forsake them because I want God to do miracles in my life. You want God to use you? You want to preach the word? Well, get ready. Amen. 
Get ready. A few chapters later, Peter's beaten. This is a spiritual battle that we're a part of. I'm gearing up for tomorrow morning. I'm preaching now and I'm saying things, but I'm gearing up for tomorrow morning when I wake up. I'm getting my boxing gloves. Come on. I'm not going to be laying around. I'm going to come out swinging. That's right. I know. I know how. I'm not ignorant of his devices. I know how he does. We can shout and dance and, and have a wonderful time, and I can spout all kinds of things prophetically up here. And the next day, the devil says, I see he's got his back turned a little bit. Pow! I'm going to get him. So tomorrow morning and Tuesday morning, I'm going to have my boxing gloves on. I'm going to have my eye. I'm going to watch. I'm going to be very careful. Amen. Because as I sang a song when I was a kid in Sunday school, the devil's a sly old fox. And if you're not careful, he's sly and he's cunning. And he'll trip you up. He'll get all kinds of things going on in your life. And the next thing you know, on Wednesday morning, you're wondering if you're even saved. Have you ever asked yourself that question? I'm wondering if I've even saved. I'm glad I got some honest people in here because some of you are just looking at me with these blank looks and I know it's not real. We lie to ourselves all the time. Please don't lie to me while I'm preaching to you. It's no time to have your poker face on right now. Holding your cards close. I'm preaching and revealing your heart right now. It's time for you to open up and confess. I got the spiritual sledgehammer out. No, no, I'm pounding away, amen. I'm pounding away. You say it'll never break. Oh, yes, you just keep on pounding, and the next thing you know, you'll see a little fine little crack. I'm going to keep on pounding. I'm going to keep on pounding. Why? We're, we're having revival. Yes, I didn't say we're going to. We're having revival, and miracles are already taking place. I claim them in Jesus' name. We heard Brother Moore said he fell off a four-story building. Now, that's even more. I, I found that amazing. Six places your pelvic bone was broke. Six places. How many places your legs broke? <laughs> well, that's enough. <laughs> and plus, plus something here in your wrist. Fell off a four-story building. Oh, my. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're here tonight, brother. I would say that's a miracle, wouldn't you? So, now, what day did that happen on? So, you went to the hospital, and the pastor showed up on Wednesday to pray for you? Visit. And you left the hospital on Friday. And then you ran around the church. 
can you still run around the church? Can you prove it to me? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah! 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 God's a miracle worker! God's a miracle worker! God's a miracle worker! <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the Bible said, you may be seated. The Bible said that at the first beginning revival, 3,000 received the Holy Ghost. And Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, after this man was healed that had been born lame from his mother's womb, a miracle happened, meaning those muscles were atrophied. He had never used those muscles. They were not stretched out to the proper place and length. I'm sure that those muscles were just almost non-existent if they were even there at all. His limbs were all drawn up under his body, I'm sure, as the... Uh, progression of whatever disease took hold in his life never having walked never ran the Bible says immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength now you say well, pastor why do you keep emphasizing this because I'm ready to see some immediate miracles I believe that we need to prepare our minds to receive immediate miracles we're already uh, good for, uh, well, I, I believe I'll be healed eventually. But I'm expecting to see some immediate miracles. How long did it take that gorder on your neck to go down, Sister Thomas? In one hour, it shrank down. How big was it, Sister Thomas? Under your neck, touching your chest here. It was gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why, somebody laid hands on it in Jesus' name. And she just, I've had her testify several times. But by the time she got home and got into her house and took that scarf off that she was using to hide that gorder on her neck, it was completely gone in Jesus' name. I'm telling you that God still works Miracles, immediate miracles, marvelous miracles in our midst. Somebody stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. I want us to ask right now as we pray. I want us to ask God, whatever is in my life. I want you to talk to me now. Whatever is in my life that would hinder me from receiving immediate miracles. Amen. If you're not praying this, you're not going to receive it. Amen. That whatever, uh, what, whatever is hindering me from receiving immediate miracles, God, I want you to take it out right now. If it's doubt, if it's unbelief, if it's an incident that took place in my life previous, God, work on my heart right now. Every time I come to church, I'm coming to expect to receive something. Every day when I get up in the morning and I talk to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to ask you, who do you want me to pray for today, God? 
Who do you want me to minister to today, God? What kind of miracle am I going to see today, Lord? Hallelujah, because this is a revival harvest church. This is a miraculous church. This is a miracle church right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come to the altar and pray right now in Jesus' name. You believe that you're going to receive this. Come expecting to receive something. Don't come begging God for anything. Talk to Him and say, God, I'm coming to receive something from you. I'm coming to receive a miracle in my life, a miracle in my hand, a miracle of understanding, a miracle of healing, a miracle of deliverance, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, I praise you right now. I worship you right now.